Praise the Lord. Father, I ask that you would take a hold of this room, that each of us would attend to the message that you have put together through yours truly. Lord, I, I forgot to pray for all the truck drivers and put their lives on the line every day that they get into their trucks. Father, I yield to you for your use. I'm called by your name, and you are the God of hosts. I ask that you would give me unction to speak what we need to hear. It's in Christ's name I pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. We all live within boundaries. Sometimes we don't like the boundaries. Sometimes we don't like them at all. We're limited in many ways by many things in our lives. As I mentioned to the children, we have boundaries on the roads that we travel. Some of them are made of paint or painted lines, and others are made of wood or metal or concrete. They are boundaries. We do our best to stay within them, and we read in the newspapers of those who don't. They go off those roads, and things happen. Accidents, we call them. The boundaries act as a guide to keep us safe. That's the point. We're to be kept safe by those boundaries. And we're going to look at the topic of authority, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, we'll see that authority is vested in people within a set of boundaries or a certain, certain set of boundaries. Everybody who has authority is bound by whatever it is that is set up to keep them on track. Even yours truly. I have boundaries. God has placed those boundaries in His Word, and He shows not just me, but all of you what those boundaries are. Anyone who operates in any position of authority is limited to operating within those guidelines, those boundaries. They're bound to work within the limits. And these boundaries of authority are well established, and they are certain. They're not fluid. They don't move from one person to another. They are fixed. There are boundaries, and we are to operate within those boundaries. And the boundaries that are overstepped have got to be checked. Those who overstep the bounds of their authority must be checked. They must be put back in place, or they need to be removed from their office. If yours truly oversteps the bounds, you all are within your rights as God's people to say, you know what, the pastor's overstepped the biblical grounds, not your personal opinion, but what's in the Bible, okay? You have that authority by God, and I share that with you because you have to know that it's your position as a member of the church to hold me within those boundaries, okay? God does that. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit guides me. You don't have anything to be concerned about. I'm not going to make a confession here and leave, okay? That's not happening. I'm sharing that, though, so that you know. Ultimately, that it's God that sets the boundaries. It's not a lesser thing that God's authority is supreme, okay? God's authority. Humans have also constructed limits through contracts, like that little booklet of the contract that we have in this land. 
that you all have received, whoever wanted one, I suppose, if Jim had enough. And even that Constitution for these United States of America is a contract that sets boundaries, and provides the boundaries within which those who serve must operate. Those who are in positions of authority are limited to operating within the boundaries. The founders of this republic, as I stated earlier, knew the need for government. They also knew the problem of no government, the danger presented by having no government, because anarchy is not God's plan for humankind. Originally, God was the king. He was the one that was sovereign over all. The people pushed God aside, said they wanted a human king. God gave them a human king, and that didn't work out very well. And God's people have been suffering under human kings ever since, in many cases anyway. When God ruled supreme, no human government was needed. Now we have Christ. He is the king of all kings. He is the ruler over all rulers. He's the one that's over all queens. He's the one over all. He's the senator over all senators. He's the congressman over all congressmen. He's the president over all presidents. He's the governor over all governors. He's the commissioner over all commissioners. He's the mayor over all mayors. He's the judge of all judges. He's the bailiff of all bailiffs. And he is the chief of all chiefs. He's the executive over all executives. He's the administrator over all administrators. And it doesn't matter if the title is a personal one or if it is an institutional one. It doesn't matter if it's a divisional title, as in the military or the police. Christ is supreme over all. No matter what the title of authority is, He rules supreme. Whether they're elected or appointed, it's, whether it's hereditary whether the position of authority or the title is clan-based or tribal or familial, those in authority are all under Christ. The man is the head of the house, but he's under Christ. Not to dominate, to work together with his spouse, to raise children in the way of God. And this also includes the church. Regardless of the title, Christ rules all over, over all pastors, all priests, all abbots, clergy or lay people, music ministers, deacons, elders, bishops, evangelists, deans, high priests, monsignors, moderators, patriarchs, preachers, presbyters, rectors, victors, cardinals, chaplains, moderators, and even, dare I say it, a pope. Christ rules supreme. There is none that takes his place on this earth. And yet there's one that is foretold who will come and say that he is in the place of Christ. That he is, in fact, the Christ. Now, regardless of the position or the religion or the faith tradition, Christ is the head over all. All. Can we... Can we <clears throat> Because there are some boundaries that need to be held here so that yours truly can preach the Word. 
I want us to open our Bible to the 28th chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to go to the very end of that chapter. We're going to start with verse 18. I think in my notes I had... Do I have 18? Yes, I do. Okay. And we're going to read to the end of the chapter. And this is something that many people are familiar with. Many believers comprehend this passage, at least the majority of it. Because it was Jesus who came and spoke to them. And He said, All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Very specific instructions. I pray that God would add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His Word. That passage is commonly called the Great Commission. He said, this is what I want you to do. You are my people. But He said, all authority was given to Him in heaven and earth. All authority. But we will see as we get near the end of the message that that will end. That He will return that authority to where it came. All authority. He does tell us to make disciples. He tells us to teach them in the, in the name, or excuse me, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that He commanded. Now, unfortunately, when you look at what He commanded, very often some of those things are not being taught, they're not being preached, they're not being shared in congregations just like this. Because they don't feel good. And after all, we don't want people not to feel good, because if they don't feel good, they might not come back. But He said, teach them all things. All. And He did that He gave that command under the authority which was vested in Him by Almighty God the Father. He promised to be with His followers to the end of the age. You see, and that's what gives us hope. Because He is with us, we know that no matter what the world brings, no matter what happens, He is with us. If Christ were standing right here, would it be any different than if He's here in the Spirit? He's with us. And this is where we derive our hope. It's a comforting promise. It's one that we can count on and we can hold on to. Because it strengthens us. And it bolsters our faith. He is with us. No matter what the world brings... No matter what people bring, no matter what those in authority bring, He is with us. We have brothers and sisters all over the world that are suffering under persecution because those in positions of authority are abusing the authority that Almighty God has vested in them. We can't change that. 
But we need to recognize that that could happen here. I think it's becoming apparent that it is going to happen here. In fact, if God's Word is true and it is to be fulfilled, then we, in our lifetimes, may see ongoing persecution of those in the Christian faith and other faiths because there's going to be one religion with one head and one government. And God's going to authorize that. It's written because it's already been foretold that it's going to happen. God could say, well, here's what you do to make it stop. But He didn't. He said, this is what's going to happen. Be prepared. Be ready. Be awake. Don't get yourselves all in a stupor and forget that He's coming back. He said, because that's the good news. He's going to come for His people. Many overlook his, over, his, his opening statement. The Father gave him all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. Think about that. He had all authority, all power. And all means all. Doesn't mean some. And this is how we can know that He is over everyone that has any title or position of authority. And sadly, there are few in positions of authority these days that comprehend that Christ is over them. They don't recognize Him. They don't acknowledge Him. They don't seek His advice on how to proceed. Oh, I know some that do. I personally am acquainted with some that do. We have county commissioners in Butler County who seek God for guidance. And I praise God for those people and their willingness to serve in their position of authority under the authority of Christ. But we have many all over the world, most certainly throughout this country, who refuse to acknowledge Christ as their head. This truth that He is the one in authority, is plain in the Scriptures. The word translated authority in the New King James Version is translated power in the King James Version. It comes from the Greek word exousia, and the definition thereof is power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases. He could have walked away from the cross. He had the authority to do so. You see, that's an important thing that we need to comprehend. He could have said, nah, not going there. But he didn't. He went to the cross willingly. He chose to be whom he was chosen to be. He had the liberty of doing as he pleased. He could, he had the leave or permission to take the choice. He could have just left could have walked away from it. Now, it also means physical and mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endued, which he either possesses or exercises, the power of authority, influence, and the right privilege. He had 
the power. He had the privilege. He had the ability to do what he wanted once he was given that authority by Almighty God. The power of rule or government, the power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. He is the one in authority. We are called to obey him. And as we go on in the definition, we see that he has authority over mankind, specifically the power of judicial decisions. He's the judge of all judges. An authority to manage domestic affairs. And metonymically, if I said that correctly, some of you are old enough to remember people calling any refrigerator the Frigidaire. You might recall that. I need help here, folks. I need help. I'm really struggling today because I'm tired. Rose, could I have you just be... Please, don't, don't interrupt, dear. Please, thank you. I'm really struggling to, with my train of thought today, and I, I've got to have concentration. <clears throat> so you look at this and you say, okay, the thing that's subject to authority or rule. So you might say that the authority is the individual, but not necessarily that what they're exercising is the authority. You could say he's the authority, for example. Christ is the authority. He possesses authority. A ruler, a human magistrate is the authority. And the one that I really highlighted here is uh, under number 4, C, 2, B, the heading and more powerful among created beings, superior to man, spiritual potentates. He is that one who is superior to anyone on earth. And this is why I say what I say about authorities, human authorities. He is over them all. He is that one who rules over the rulers. The English word authority means simply legal power or right to command or to act as the authority of a prince over subjects. He is our prince of peace. He's the prince of princes the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we hear these titles in the Scriptures. He's like a parent over children. He has power. He has rule. He has sway. He's the one with authority who has the power and right to command others and enforce obedience. We disobey, he's the one that enforces the boundaries. His power is delegated from the highest authority. It's written in Romans chapter 13, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And that's where I derived the title for the book that God gave me to write. There is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. You see, as it's written, there's no authority, absolutely no authority, none except from God. 
In Daniel, we read that that God sets up kings and He tears down kingdoms. And we're witnessing that in the world today. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we read this, Therefore submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. What happens when the kings become evildoers? Who punishes them? God does. And for the praise of those who do good, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Now what if someone in a position of authority tells you to do something that God says not to do? Are you to do it? Are you to obey them? Because the Scripture says, obey those who are in authority. Are you to do when they say, don't do something? that God says to do? Absolutely not. His Word is clear, and there are many examples of people that God sanctioned to disobey those who are in positions of authority. Many, many examples. And those are the things that comprise that book that God gave me to write. And I don't know why He has me preaching this message today. It was not where my mind was when I started putting this series together a few weeks ago. But he makes it clear that we are not to obey those who tell us to do something that he says not to do. And he makes it clear that we are not, absolutely not, to be partaking in the murder of babies. Absolutely not. Now what would happen, let's say that somebody in a position of authority would tell you that they're going to give you something, let's just say this ink pen, and they're going to inject some of that ink into your body. Is that against God's Word? Well, God says not to defile your temple, right? Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, what if they told you that they were going to inject you with human fetal cells? Would that be okay? No, that's not okay. Because now they're making you a cannibal by injection. Think about that, folks. Now, I know some of you may be on uh, one side or the other side of this issue, but I've got to tell you, God has made it clear to me, this is not His will for His people. I heard a preacher telling his people to line up, go do it. I can have no part in that, absolutely no part in that. We are made in the image of God. God created us and designed us in a particular way, and we are not to alter that, most especially not at the base level. They tell you to do it, and you've got to make a choice. Because after all, the Scripture says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Are you going to do that? If they tell you to do something that God says not to do, are you going to submit yourself to every ordinance of man? Because after all, God's Word says to. As we read the words of Christ from the 28th chapter of Matthew, all authority was vested in Him. And what did He do with that authority? We find in the 28th chapter of Matthew that He delegated it to His 
disciples. And he said, take this and go into the world and do the same thing that I have done. Tell them what I told you. And the authority and the power that he operates in came from Almighty God, the Creator, who is the author. Authority. He's the author of our faith. He's the author of all power. He is the author of all authority. The hope that we have in Christ extends beyond life on earth. And whatever authority He vests in us while we're here is to be used to His glory. We are not to step over the bounds. He makes that clear. The hope that we have propels us into eternity with our Creator who is supreme over all. And I say all because the Scripture says all. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, He's the first one that entered. And everyone else who follows comes after Him. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are in Christ, those who are Christ's, who belong to Christ, at His coming. Then comes the end, when He delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when He puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For He must reign till He has put all enemies under His feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. You see, there will be no more death for the people of Christ. There will be no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow. He promises us that. That's where our hope lies. He has all authority, and then when He finally wraps it up, He's going to place that authority as we will continue to read. Let's just read it. <clears throat> the last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for He has put all things under His feet. And this refers to Psalm 8.6, as it is written, for he's put all things. You made him rule over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. That's what he's referring to. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. But when he says all things are put under him, it's evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. In other words, the Father, Almighty God, is not placed under Christ. Christ has all authority except over the Father. And now, when all things are made subject to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subject to Him who put all things under Him, that God may be all in all. You see, even Christ will be subject to Almighty God the Father. 
Thus it is written. And this is a truth that is very often ignored in the Word of God. Let that sink in. And read it for yourself if you have to. And read it again until you comprehend what it says there. Because this is the Word of God. It doesn't matter what some man says. It doesn't matter what somebody in authority in the church says. What matters is what God's Word says. Christ has all authority right now in heaven and on earth. And He will turn all of that over to the Father when that last enemy, death, is destroyed. In closing, I want to say this, okay? God's Word is true. It's been preserved for our benefit. He has all authority. He is the ruler of all rulers. It doesn't matter what their title is. It doesn't matter whether it's civil authority or if it's church authority, whether it's religious authority. It doesn't matter what religion it is. He is supreme over all. And I want to ask you, how much Scripture is profitable for doctrine? All Scripture is profitable. It's given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And see, we don't like reproof, and we don't like correction anymore. For instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman, remember, that's both, of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. While you're on this planet, you have work to do. Christ, who has all authority, delegated that authority to His disciples, who further delegated it down to all of us throughout the centuries. And we have work to do, folks. We have work to do. We are to share our faith with others, no matter what they think of us, no matter how they look at us, no matter what they say to us or about us, we have work to do. And we need to be doing it. The time is drawing short. Christ is coming again. And when He comes, all that authority that He has is going to be given to the Father. And all of us who are in Him are also going to be placed in that place of eternal rest. God's Word provides the guidelines and the boundaries for our day-to-day lives on earth. We are not to do anything that He says not to do. We are not to stop doing things that He says to do. This is why our doors remain open for those who want to gather, regardless of what anybody says. We will gather. Almighty God's made it clear that all authority originates from and belongs to Him. It is His authority that He has vested in Christ. It is His authority that He has vested in yours truly. It is His authority that He has vested in anyone who has any position or title of authority. And it is His authority that will be brought back to Him. And those who abuse His authority will answer to Almighty God. He made it clear. The Father will rule supremely forever. And all who have wielded any physical or spiritual power or authority will answer to Almighty God. And this is true 
whether any of us believe it or not. It doesn't matter if they don't believe it. It doesn't matter if they think somehow they've got free reign and they can do whatever they want on this earth. It doesn't matter if they're controlled by demons. It doesn't matter who is controlling them. Almighty God is supreme in His authority and He will reign it in and they will answer to Him. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter if they don't believe in Him. It doesn't matter if they think somehow they're going to continue to rule. Their time is short. And Almighty God is furious. And not just with them, but His people that are being silent. We need to be vocal. We need to share our faith. We need to draw others into His kingdom. Because that ark... Like Noah's Ark, the door is coming shut. And when it shuts, no one else gets in. We have an opportunity right now to draw people into the kingdom of Almighty God, and I believe we need to do it, folks. We need to be about our Father's business, just as Christ. Because as Christ, we are Christ-like, if in fact we are. It was, he was one that was walking on this earth. He had all authority. He could have done whatever he wanted. He had all authority to do everything. And what did he choose to do? He chose to be sinless. He chose to go to the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That was God's authority delegated onto this planet so that all of us could enjoy everlasting life. Let's not go there without somebody else. Let's bring others with us. Because that is His will being done. That's why His authority was delegated to Christ. That's why Christ delegated that authority to others. And that's why we have that responsibility as part of the boundaries of our walk with Christ is that we share our faith. Think about that, folks. Think about that. We need to be about our Father's business. Take that authority that you've been delegated and use it wisely. Because it does come with consequences. And I know that's not a popular message, but it's the truth. We will all answer to God. And we need to use God's grace wisely. We can't abuse it. You know, I've talked with a lot of people about that over the years. And most recently, God's grace is not something that we can abuse, folks. We're not given license to sin. We're given grace to resist temptation, to resist the devil. And so are those who are in positions of authority. And still, they abuse the authority that God has vested in them. We can still vote. Maybe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Your Word is true. I ask, Lord, that if there's anything that I said that is not of You, that You would strike it from our minds and our hearts. But God, that which is true, I ask that You would take and use it as seed that we would recognize that there is no authority except from You. All authority belongs to You. 
all authority you vested in Christ, and he delegated that authority to his disciples. We have all authority over everything. Help us not to lay down and allow things that you do not sanction. Help us, Father, to live for you. I shun not to share your counsel. I delight to do your will. Your law is in my heart. I've not departed from the commandment of your lips. I've treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food, just as it's written in your word. I've proclaimed the good news of righteousness in this assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord, you yourself know. I've not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness. I have not concealed your truth from this assembly. Please root your word within our hearts that we would be your people who are set apart from any and all darkness. Help us to walk in your light, I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.